Last week, nations throughout Europe and around the world paused to commemorate VE Day. The sobering moment where world leaders reflected on the countless lives lost in the battle to defeat Nazi Germany. But amongst the images of world leaders saluting their fallen heroes, one image really struck me. It was this. Angela Merkel, the leader of the German people, publicly leading her people in the commemoration of an unspeakable horror brought upon humanity by her people. Now, I think it's difficult to understate the humility required from the German people to partake in this. They are commemorating the day everyone else celebrated their downfall, and in turn that their downfall was an inherently good thing. Now, remember, Angela Merkel was born more than 10 years after the last Nazi crime was committed. Yet she and her nation are pausing to acknowledge the sins of the generation that preceded them. But it doesn't end there. Almost all German students are required to participate in a school excursion to Auschwitz concentration camp as part of their school curriculum. Displaying a swastika or even doing a Heil Hitler salute are criminalised in Germany. Germans are not only acknowledging their mistakes, they're taking active steps to prevent themselves ever repeating them. Now, the result is that generations of Germans growing up with a, perhaps a greater sense of self-awareness, a healthy appetite for self-improvement and an openness to progress. It could be said that Germans have learned to live with the sins of their past, whilst Australians remain haunted by sins we do our best to ignore. Now, I want you to contrast that with the reaction of the Australian government in response to a tweet from Victorian Health Officer Annalise Van Diemen. Now, for those that haven't seen it, it read, Sudden arrival of an invader from another land, decimating populations, creating terror, forces the population to make enormous sacrifices and completely change how they live in order to survive. COVID-19 or Cook 770. Now, what appeared to many a benign analogy to demonstrate the catastrophic effects of white colonisation on Indigenous Australians prompted these remarkable reactions from Liberal Party politicians. I thought that tweet was a disgrace. I thought it was divisive. I found that, those sort of comments very disappointing. She clearly won't get the job as chief historian, but in, when it comes to medical advice, I mean, I applaud the work she's doing as a medical officer in Victoria. That's her expertise. I would strongly suggest she keep to that um, because those sorts of comments don't uh, inspire confidence um, and people should stick to their day jobs. Well, I think she should go. I think it's pretty obvious that uh, in the middle of a pandemic, the second highest medical officer in the state of Victoria should actually be concentrating on the people of Victoria and the crisis associated with COVID-19. Instead, uh, she's off running culture war debates and I just think she's unfit for that office and she should go. Firstly, it is astounding that we have senior members of government demanding that a civil servant be sacked purely for voicing an alternative opinion on a historical figure. Secondly, and perhaps the most remarkable thing about this is, even if we take Van Diemen's view on Captain Cook at its highest, accepting her version of history, it doesn't actually attack the character of Captain Cook in any way. Her tweet is a comment on the effect of European colonisation on Australia, an event that was greatly assisted by Cook's navigation of the continent's east coast. Now, that may not have been Cook's intentions at the time, nor the intentions of his mission. However, its occurrence set off a chain of events that ultimately led to European settlement and eventually the near annihilation of the indigenous people. This is a fact, and it is unaltered by your understanding of the circumstances of colonization. 
Now, I get it. Morality is a constantly evolving idea. The most progressive thinkers of the 18th century would be considered impossibly regressive by today's standards. Thomas Jefferson had slaves, and slave liberationist William Wilberforce spoke at length about the inferiority of women. The men that chose to colonize this country were not evil men. They were products of their time, and some even progressive for their time. The instructions that Governor Philip brought with him in regards to the treatment of Indigenous Australians was punctuated with altruism, but it was also shaped by the ignorance of his era. But whilst we have the privilege of re-examining the intentions of European colonisers within the context of its historical moment, Indigenous Australia is afforded no such luxury when assessing the impact of its results. On the day the first fleet arrived in Australia, it's been estimated that there are around 10,000 Indigenous Australians living just in the Sydney area. Within a generation, almost every one of them was slain by disease or murder or exiled to foreign lands. Over the next 200 years, this ritual was repeated across every square inch of this land. In places like Tasmania, where they literally had nowhere else to run, every single last one was eliminated. Now, when seen in that context, the intent of colonizers is irrelevant. Now, the German people have learned that their history doesn't define them, and that is true for us here. But it allows us to understand what we are today. Every indigenous person in this country is the descendant of a survivor. That has a material effect on the lives they were born into today. By understanding what was taken from them upon settlement, by highlighting the dispossession that was policy for over two centuries, and by just acknowledging the decimation of their culture and civilization, only then can we fully understand the true context of their disadvantage today. Now, one of my ancestors, he came to these shores in shackles. He was a convict. He certainly didn't think of himself as an invader, but to our First Nations people, he was, unquestionably. Now, by recognising the true history of the birth of this nation, I'm not seeking to apologise for the crimes of my forefathers. I'm seeking to identify their victims that are still hurting today. And that's a huge part of the reason men like Dutton are so offended by light being shone on this aspect of our history. Because if it is evidence that the inequality in our society is not due to an inherent superiority of one group over another, but instead the result of historical injustice, it calls into question the legitimacy of their supremacy. It's a lot easier to sleep at night if you believe your success is entirely attributable to your achievements. It is a humbling moment for white Australians when they realise history has afforded them a head start in life. Now at this moment, they are inclined to take one of two courses of action. The first is a complete rejection of that historical fact in order to preserve the credibility of their primacy. The second are those that, shocked and saddened by the revelation of historical reality, seek to rectify the inequality, not deny it. One cannot do both. Both paths are long and complex, but the first step for both is determine by how you react to history.